You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 676, Legion of Superheroes, volume 4, number 52, Wolf Tales. Welcome to episode 676 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I am Paul French, and today I am Bike Boy. Ah. Jan was away for much of the weekend, so when she got back, I said, See you later. I'm off on my bike. And away <laughs> I went. Bicycle. Bicycle. Totally. I want to ride my bicycle. Yes, exactly. And uh, and that is what I did. And uh, I rode all the way until all of the rings on my watch closed, which is really all that matters. Because if it's not documented, did it really happen? Yeah, exactly. Especially these days. <laughs> so, yes, that was my goal. And I got back, made made some dinner for the for the family. Watched the Buccaneers inexplicably lose. And uh, and then went on with it all. And here we are. And here we are. How about you, sir? Uh, I'm fine. <laughs> My name's Darren Noel, and I don't know anything about this football thing that Paul's talking about. <laughs> What's going on in the volleyballs anyway? Bucan- Buccaneers? What? Weren't those the 1600s? What are we talking about here? Uh, Arr! Yeah. Uh, no, everything's good here, just uh, in, uh, I'm in cardboard box land, so. Mm. I'm oh, ready. yeah. Oh, I'm see, my moving. kid would love that. The end of moving, uh, or at least the beginning of moving out, so I've got to do the glassware tomorrow and finish the bathroom tomorrow, and then we, we begin the uh, kitchen in earnest, although I've already thrown away all the expired stuff, you know, that you hang on to forever. I'm like, I'm not moving expired stuff. It's going to the trash, people. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just stuff like that. All the comic stuff is a lot, is uh, taped up and all the, uh, all my fun stuff is all in boxes. It makes me sad. Who earns? But, you know, it's okay. I've got Comixology and I've got all the streaming services. So, you know, for very, there are very few things that I would like to watch that I would be like, you know what? I'm bummed out. I can't watch that right now. So, yeah. Oh, wait, that. there it is. So, you know. So that's that's where I am. Over to you, Mr. Travis. Hey, everybody. This is Travis Ellisor, and I am starting to breathe again, lad. Um, I went over uh, every, every Sunday now. I run over sometime in the afternoon, early evening, and I drop off Juniper at my mom. She keeps her for the days I have to go to work, uh, and then I pick her up. Uh, later in the week yeah so a couple weeks ago i went and we actually stayed outside with my mom in her yard for a little while talking to her and everything and when i got home my allergies were messing up pretty bad and i was like i got into something today who knows well today i stayed out there a while talking to her we were messing around in the yard and uh i got home and oh my lord I, i don't know what she's got so many different plants and flowers and trees and just so many things and something over there is putting out some kind of pollen or something. 
Because I got home and the eyes, the nose, everything closed. Everything was bad. Mm. So took me some handy dandy allergy medicine and uh, I'm good now. But uh, I have learned my lesson and I will take it before I go over there on Sundays for the foreseeable future. Maybe it's the wild as long as, it, as long as it's the non-drowsy type. type. Uh, that's the only kind I have. Well, then you're good. Yes. And over to you, Michael. Hi, everybody. I'm Michael Grabwa, and this weekend I was chlorophyll kid. Um, I had an, a certified arborist Ooh. come out and basically trim my trees, which is not a euphemism. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, Whacked. Mm. <laughs> uh, got, got the bushes whacked. I uh, climbed up in the trees and and chopped down uh, all the overhangs like that are too close to the roof and all the dead branches and stuff. Because the problem that I'm running into is over the years the trees have gotten so big that they have um, crowded out all the sunlight, mm. and so my backyard grass is dying because lack of sunlight. And uh, I also had them do stuff in the front yard. I had some some pine trees and some yupons and and lots of stuff had to get pulled out and stumps grinded, which is also not a euphemism. <laughs> um, and, Isn't uh, it though? <coughs> so this afternoon I did a lot of raking and cleaning up and now I get to figure out what I'm going to put in its place that will look relatively decent and also be relatively little work but so, did, did you fetch a shrubbery is is the <laughs> i i had them remove some shrubberies because they were growing wild and i didn't know how to tame them mm. um but i am going to eventually get some new shrubberies ah will they be efficient and i will put sorry <laughs> Will they be efficient? Uh, well, what I'm looking for is something that uh, like has a nice little pathway in between and a, kind of a, a two-tiered um, uh, effect. And uh, because, you know, what sad times are these when passing ruffians can say me at will to old ladies? Me! <laughs> when all they're Take looking for is shrubbery. <laughs> we finally got there. We just had so to dig is, through enough. That's awesome. Know, right? <laughs> yes. So that is why I am a chlorophyll kid this weekend. Nice. Uh, over to you, Jim. Hey, everyone. I'm Jim Purcell. And this week I was Nintendo Nintendo Direct Lad. Uh, every couple of months, uh, Nintendo does a live uh, a streaming event where basically they reveal a bunch of like new video games, uh, give more details about an old uh, announced games, that sort of thing. And this week, on Thursday, there was a big Nintendo Direct, lasted almost an hour. Uh, a lot of cool stuff. It was an exceptional announcement, uh, news, press, whatever have you. Uh, but the most important thing to come out of it is we finally got details about the new Super Mario Brothers movie coming next year. And, oh. the, vo and the voice casting choices are... Mwah! It must have been. Oh. It must have been. It must have been casted by an algorithm. It's amazing. <laughs> That's not often a phrase you hear. Because Super Mario, beloved plumber, stomper of turtles, is being voiced by Chris Pratt. Mm. 
and I've Luigi. I've never heard his Italian before. So that'll be interesting. And Luigi is being played by Charlie Day. And Jack Black will be playing King Bowser. Because of course he will be. And Seth Rogen is going to be Donkey Kong. Oh, Jesus. Because we live okay. in a surreal nightmare. <laughs> this movie so is going to mean... be incredible. It's going to be like, it's either going to be like Lego Batman good, or it's going to be the mo- biggest disaster in history. Well, I mean, bigger than the previous Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that movie's perfect. What are you talking about? What? Yeah, okay. Now we know. Um, <laughs> nurse, nurse, Standard set. For the Kool-Aid to that, that, that post-credit stinger, I'm still waiting for the sequel. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> I know you are. It's coming. It's fantastic. And I will set it. I will set this up now at the beginning of the episode. But uh, when we get to feedback toward the end of the episode, Jim, there is a bit of feedback about games directly targeted to you. Excellent. I think Darren's a game master too. I am. No, 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 no. You're a game master. He's a gay master. Well, that too. You beat me to it, Paul. I'm actually wearing my, actually wearing my gamer shirt right now. Your gamer shirt? My, uh, yeah, that I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> did, he, did he stutter? Did I fucking stutter? I don't think so. Point taken. <laughs> All so right, that, folks. That, that's really it for me. That is awesome. Folks, do we have any Legion news this week? No, no, nothing new. Well, Bendis, in a uh, talk to was it Comics Beat? Oh, him, and, and teased the Legion again. Uh, he it was in an article about Jinx World and um, that moving to Dark Horse, and so they asked right. him about the Legion. Uh-huh. Uh, he says, "I'll say sooner than later about a timeline time frame for the return." It's actively in production, written and being drawn as we speak, and I'm very excited about it. And there's and also there's some surprises around Legion that we'll be announcing soon. Mm. Uh, Fandom is coming up. Yeah, Fandom is coming. He continues, um. I know this is going to Legion fans, of which I am one. I'm a huge Legion fan, and I understand completely the frustration of not having the book out. But Legion isn't like other comics. It takes more time to make it the right way. It just does. And we're grateful for everyone's patience. And when people see what the product is, I think they'll be very delighted with the care that went into it. And uh, there may or may not be some connection to Dark Side and the Great Darkness, which uh, has popped up in Infinite, Infinite Frontier. And also in um, uh, one of the last episodes or issues of the Legion. Yep. Well, there we go. Well, if if you were to, um, it's funny because we consider this Legion news. But if you were to go over to the LSH Legion of Superheroes group on Facebook, they would not consider it so. Um, in fact, they huh. would say, in no way is Bendis a fan of the Legion because he hates the Legion. 
it's obvious that he hates the Legion. Uh, okay. And I made the uh-huh. mistake of of, uh, of of no, you didn't talk. I to know. Him, did you? No, I made the mistake of uh, of responding to oh. someone there, and it was like, oh my no. god, I lost like twenty minutes of my life. Um, no, don't, I will, don't. I will never get don't. that back. Why? <laughs> accidentally, an entire flame war. Oh my yeah. god, it was ridiculous, and it was a it was a hey, if this is your first exposure to the Legion, uh, then kudos ah, to you. And ah. I'm like, bitch. Yeah, the earrings came off. And and so I had to walk away after that. I was like, it was like, all right, here's my thoughts. Lest you think I'm here to spar, I am not. (laughs) Your mileage may vary, but but honestly, anyone who thinks that the new 52 run was better than the Bendis boot has oh gosh zero standing, zero standing. didn't change the races and colors of the characters. No, but they, you know, barbecued. They barbecued Sunboy and ate him. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't for the first time. No, it's not his first time being barbecued. It was his first time being eaten. He's been eaten either. (laughs) Hey. um, These, uh, there's actually a friend of ours, um, Paul Kevin from the. comic geek speak days on the on the forums yes he he was actually telling me he was in a um group on facebook called dc comics when they were fun oh no that's a bad already. that sounds loaded uh, you think and of course there there was some brouhaha about jimmy olsen not being white somewhere i don't know where let's forget that lois was the last movie wasn't it yeah maybe I don't know. He he wasn't white in or he's not white in the um Supergirl TV series. Okay, so that's probably yeah. what it was. I'm like, let, let's not forget that Lois was black for an issue. Remember that black like me takeoff that they did with Lois being black? Yeah. And how she had to be a black woman in Metropolis. That was in the seventies. So so race switching is not new. <laughs> And it was pre-crisis, so you can't and, say it wasn't when DC Comics weren't fun. And, uh, and at the end of the day, can we just recall that at the time, and, and we've talked about this and we've had feedback on this as well, at the time that a lot of these books were created, there was a fear about the monolithic southern book distributors. Oh, yeah, that they would return, they would return the books because they had black people. Which really, at the end of the day, and and this is what I learned from the feedback we got, was more about the fact that, well, we don't know that they would do that, but we're afraid they, they would, they, and so we're afraid. So yeah. we're going to be racist in the, in their stead, and yeah. um, we we will do the job for them. Yeah. So yes, Lightning Lad was white in nineteen fifty eight. That's true. He was. Um, when? Hey, when was your uh, Civil Rights Act uh, posted? Which one? When was it? When was the original one? Oh, ni- 1960. So after. I was five? Say five or six. It was after JFK. So after the Legion was created. And not that they did a better job after that. I mean, um, no. Devron, anyone? Um, yeah, not, yeah, Devron. You know, uh, Feral Lad, the. Uh, the you know, sort of the we will keep it quiet case, and then mm, let's just kill him off, shall we? Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. But but you know, I I, I think that there was. Uh, or Shadowlass, who was supposed to be black, and she became blue. Let's make her blue instead. You know, Kirk would do her. Um, Kirk would totally do her. Yeah, yeah. We've got photographic evidence of that. But also, Kirk <laughs> Kirk would do Uhura, and we have photographic evidence of that as well. Also so. true, so. Yeah, he, no. never, he never did a, a a blue girl, only a, a green a one. A green so one. Remember. It's close. So yeah. I, I, I've, gone on, I've gone on record saying that, you know, some of the Bendis run, not my cup of tea. Liked part, liked bits of it. Didn't like other bits of it. Much like, literally every like other run of the Legion, <laughs> like literally. And uh, but but you know, at the end of the day, I mean, hey, they 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 cooked no one, they ate no one. So that's you know, Stephanie's favor. I mean, there's that. I think I, I think I said on Twitter recently that I've got a lot of problems with Bendis's run so far. And but the the character designs and the character rejiggering is not one of them. No, and and you know everyone goes on about legionnaires Bendis. And everyone goes on with the oh the woke legionnaires and the and and oh fuck off, fuck off. Yeah, like that is just that comics gate BS. It it is exactly that. It is like wow, you've read Legion for years and haven't understood any of it. Go, go go read your back issues and have a nice time. Yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with reading back issues. I do. Uh, it. A, yes. a classic cool robot meme, if there ever was one. And, and this was the problem I ran into because someone was, uh, when, when I responded to this thing, I said that uh, Bendis seems probably more a fan of the Legion than anyone on this group. And yeah. it was like, how dare you, how dare you denigrate uh, Legion Mike fandom? Drops. And I said, I said, I did not denigrate Legion fandom. I denigrated the portion of it that lives on this group. And it's like, because it was like, oh, but, but Legion fandom is very open and very, yes, uh, yes, it absolutely is. And none of that is reflected in this group. (laughs) None of it. None of it. I mean, I've, I've been, you know, Paul, I've been preaching about this since ages ago brother i'm with you all the properties we love as kids have to change or they're just going to die and they're going to be in your nostalgia forever and that's they're going to live perfectly and kids today are not going to want to watch what you watch when you're a kid i mean i've got a nephew and a niece and i'm like ooh, should i bring them the old super friends cartoons they're going to be bored to death. They're looking they, at Pixar now. Yeah, they, they got they way will better give shows. No shits. <laughs> no about that. attention to that. Yeah. Now, I love it from a nostalgia point of view, but let's face it, it was for five to seven year olds. Yeah. And just, just this was your gateway drug into comics, and that's why I, DC did it, and it worked for me. Yeah. But, but all these characters have to change and evolve. That doesn't mean you show your kids, you know. Uh, the Justice League uh, Dark movie, because that's yeah. a little advanced for them. But yeah. y- you give them superhero girls, you give them the Justice League Unlimited stuff, you give them that, and then you ease them into the more complicated, darker my, world. My kids, eight, 8 and 12, to make them watch um, the Nelvana uh, Spider-Man series that I grew up watching Ooh. is like, 
Why would you do this to me? That's child abuse. It's punishment. It's punishment. I, I wouldn't even let him watch. I wouldn't even have him watch my '90s Spider-Man. But this is what I'm That's saying, right? Oh, I think. Oh, have they're, you watched they're, the they're like, why? The amazing friends. They're like, oh. why am I watching? It, it it hasn't aged well, has it, Eric? It did not age well. No, at all. not and, at all. And uh, Paul, and Firestar called... living with these two guys, and why is the aunt? Oh well, not even that. Not her. even that. It's just bad. It's just bad. And do, your, do you do your girls watch Miraculous Ladybug? Yeah, they love it. Is that is it me or is that show really thirsty for some reason? I, I don't know. I I've only seen I've I watched one episode to see if it was appropriate and victory and they love it though they love it and um there's and you know like they're like why would I watch your old Spider Man show when yeah. I can watch the um. Uh, the the one spi- on Disney Plus, the Spider Verse, like yeah. Spider Verse, like and and I agree with them. It's like, man, we didn't have this when I was a kid. Enjoy, and yeah. uh, and so so I mean, you know, a lot of it's that like doesn't age well. A play place at a McDonald's. We didn't have those as kids, but y'all and, knock yourselves and, out. And, and you know, people are like, oh, I hate this version of the Legion because it's not a retread of Adventure three sixty seven. Or or volume two number two ninety two and whoa whoa woe is me they've destroyed my childhood they yeah they, they're oh, responsible for that they, yeah, oh they oh oh they've already Bendis has already ruined the Legion oh I suppose now he's gonna ruin the Great Darkness saga and it's like I checked I I went downstairs before we started recording did you have a moment. The, no, the long box in the in the long boxes still there. Mm-hmm. I checked yeah. the hard covers. That and the curse still there. Yeah, it's, electronically, it's still online. Oh, that so. too. That too. Oh, wait. You you mean that as well? They haven't. Um, well. yeah, they, they haven't. Have uh, St- um, uh, Steven Spielberg ET'd that out. No. Okay. No, right. No, right. Don't there. you understand? If the old stuff isn't canon, then it doesn't count. Okay, okay, first of Worthless. all. Worthless. Throw them in the none trash. None of it has all. been for a long time. No value. First of all, they're all imaginary stories. Aren't Mic they? Drop. Aren't they? Boom. <laughs> so you can make up your own canon and hold it very tight to yourself <laughs> as you rock yourself to sleep at night if that is what you want to do. <laughs> you exactly. know. But, but don't making these... I, I'm fine with critique. Yeah. I, I'm like, the latest three Star Wars films, in my opinion, were not good. They were not good. There was no plan. It was just, let's cobble together parts one and three after we let part two do whatever it was supposed to do or whatever. And yeah. then we can lay blame on Ryan Johnson because, and, and unfortunately the Asian actress got a lot of blame for that movie not being great. Is um, counter argument Last Jedi is yeah. actually the best Star Wars movie. But that's an opinion, right? But but, but that's just mind, it. It's all it's but all it has nothing opinion. to do with Yeah, it's all opinion. They and didn't make it the way the, they did it when I was a kid. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god, where were the Ewoks? My childhood is ruined. Shut the fuck up. How dare they rape my childhood and take Please. away the Ewoks? Give me a break. I just didn't think it was good from a plot character development perspective. I, I That was just me, though. And I recognize that's just me. I'm not all the internet flaming all the Star Wars fans for loving those movies. Because how dare I, you love those those movies? Yeah. How dare you love something how I hated? How 
dare you enjoy something? How dare How you? How very dare you, sir? I mean, I've you. got a, a thousand reasons why you shouldn't like it and why if you like it, you are You're the obviously worst. stupid. You are clearly Hitler. Yeah, clearly. I'm I'm going to I'm just going to invoke Godwin's law up front. <laughs> just, I mean, we've all we've all seen this before. We've all seen properties get reinvented. We've liked some of it. We've not liked other of it. And it's all person to person. And that's what it is. And get get whatever is troubling you out of your ass personally and relax because this is pop culture and it's not that fucking serious. And I think some people just need to realize not everything is for you. Yeah. It's and not, yes. just because one thing exists doesn't mean it's 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 preventing the thing you want from existing because the thing you want will probably never exist again. Exactly. And also, at the end of the day, nobody is holding a gun to anybody's head saying you must read every issue of mm-hmm. this. I didn't like this and issue. And if there is, please call the cops. Yeah, yeah. right? Because at the end of the day, <laughs> if you re- if you read that issue and you think, Ugh, I don't like this at all, stop buying it. Stop buying it. It's easy. You know I've what? Done. Even if your comic store did, did pre-orders, they'll be like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we'll sell somebody else. That's yeah, because, you know, we don't need unhappy customers. The, the, the comic book place I went to last, it was like, oh, you don't need your books? Okay, let's wrap them up, put the variant uh, sticker on that uh, Mylar, and uh, it's now ten ninety five. Thank you. Bye. Wah, wah. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't miss my money at all. I guarantee you someone bought it. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And I, you've just reminded me, uh, we, uh, Sarah and I went to um, my local comic shop uh the the dragon uh the uh yesterday and they had a little non-event it was an event it was not Mm. not an event but they had a few artists sketching distanced outside the store and uh and and it was not an event i must stress it was not an event because apparently okay. the, the mall has all kinds of rules around that. And oh, it was about basically, if you have an event, yeah. you owe them money. And yeah. it, well, no more of a, you know, just with, you know, COVID protocols, et cetera, et cetera. You uh, know, everybody has yeah. to do this. Everybody has to do that. And, uh, and, but they had some artists out there on tables doing some stuff. And, um, one of my favorites, Scott Chandler was one of them. And, uh, um, it was awesome to see him and awesome to see him doing some sketches. But yeah, a bunch of artists out there doing things, uh, one of whom that uh, we had a chance to talk to because Sarah was particularly enamored with his artwork. And um, and I need to like pull up his name. It was Jordan something. And so I'm going to have it by the end of the show because he gave <laughs> her a really cool... He um, he actually lives in, in uh, the town that I grew up in. And... Um, he does like a, a a program for kids where he's he is a licensed uh, taekwondo instructor as well mm. as a comic artist, and he does a course that combines the two, which is awesome. Because you know, if you're gonna do action poses, you got to know how to do them as well, right? And uh, and he gave her he and uh, Sarah showed an interest in his art while while he was setting up, and he gave her a little sort of uh, starter kit. In it, and it's basically what he uses as as the textbook for his comic book making course. Um, mm. And uh, she's been working through it because that because our whole thing was we're gonna do a comic book store. 
and we're going to pick up some books. And she grabbed herself a spider handbook. And uh, and then we're going to uh, head over to the art store. And because she really wanted to get a kneaded eraser. And uh, because, you know, she'd, uh, she'd heard that these were the things. Because recently we watched the uh, drawing comics The Marvel Way with John Romita. And um, was it? No, it was John Buscema. Sorry, it was Stan and John Buscema, and um, and so Buscema started talking about these needed erasers, and she's like, "I need one of those, Daddy. How can I draw without one of those? What are you doing to me? <laughs> what tools will make me a great artist?" Exactly. So we the went. Eternal question. We got and those, I... and we got her a graphite pencil. She's been taking a sketch, an online sketching course over the last few weeks, and uh, on Monday Wait. nights. And Soon you will be buying many Copec markers. Oh, absolutely! And uh, and so we got her like the uh, a char- she was like my teacher uses a charcoal pencil, and so we got her one of those because she really wants to show that off tomorrow night. And we got her a graphite of uh, like a full graphite, like it it is you know all of it is pencil, and um, so we got her that and uh, and uh, a little blending thing. And uh, so she was pretty excited about all that. You know, it started out as the eraser. And I mean, at the end of the day, like $12 later, ugh, mm-hmm. that's, that's fine, kid. You, you keep drawing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but it was great, like, you know, going in and seeing these artists setting up and and uh, putting up some of their work. And uh, and and it just really inspired her when we went in to the uh to the art supply store and um so that she could uh choose that stuff and um you know draw what she wants to draw because that's what it comes down to yeah one day she's gonna draw the legion and have to deal with a whole bunch of asshats who say she's ruining the book well you know i can't believe that all the times (laughs) we've had her draw stuff down here and never once have we had her do a karate kid versus pick like what are we thinking? Ooh. Right? Well, I mean, Karate I, Kid versus Travis. Oh no, we drew that already. Yeah, but you know, yes, totally, totally. But you know, <laughs> she would love drawing, uh, drawing Juniper. So, uh, you know, drawing dogs is one of her favorite things. Juniper versus Quizlet. And she was looking at the. I. Uh, she saw me looking at your backpack pictures earlier, uh, Travis, and uh, uh-huh. and she was like, "The dog goes in the backpack." I said, yeah, and she's like, oh, that's cool. Because Travis is technically a kangaroo. Yes, he's he's part marsupial. Where Where's mm-hmm. Derek and Brent at a time like this? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Put the doggy in the pouch. Exactly. It puts the doggy in the pouch. All right. We have Speaking an issue. of doggies. Speaking of, oh, wow. Segway. Transition. Nice. All right. So we have an issue to do. We do. Yes. After all that, yes. After we all haven't had a spotlight that. issue in some time. It has I been... think the last one was Laurel. Uh, no, it was um Sunboy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm, f- like yes. twenty issues ago or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's been a minute. Barbecue mm-hmm. boy. Yes. And barbecue boy. What was the Valor annual? After uh, that? No, that, no, that was, was before. way before. Yeah, way before, yeah. There we go. I gotta say, I love a spotlight issue. Well, in that case, you're going to love this one. What? I did love it. I what? read it already. 
I did the homework, sir. What? I so we I... are tonight going to be talking about Legion of Superheroes, Volume Four, Issue Number Fifty Two, uh, which which is the late December ninety three issue. For some reason, they were uh, on a biweekly schedule for a couple months here. Yeah. Uh, but this one went on sale November 2nd, 1993. And we have a cover with a uh, black and white kind of uh, background image. Looks like one of those glamour shots of, um, uh, of Timberwolf in the background. <laughs> yes, totally, and, totally. And then you have... Yeah. Looking off then, to the distance. Yes, and then in the foreground, you've got uh, uh, Ayla and Bryn. Um, Bryn doesn't look like he's doing too good, and she's comforting him. Oh. And this is a cover by Eminem and Boyd. And you know, we called... talk... Sorry. And Tom McCraw. And Tom McCraw. And, McCraw. and so the cover caption says, Spotlight on Timberwolf. And the subcaption is, Soothing the Savage Beast. You were going to say something... Yeah, we talk a lot about Cosmic Boy's Bustier costume, but no one has explained to me how Bryn is keeping this thing up. <laughs> you can't even go with you can't go with magnetism. And, no, and you, and you can't go with double sided tape. Yeah, I, I think the hair precludes any tape glue adhesive solutions here. It, 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 it must it be seems one of those that... um, the yeah. uh, um, the what you call it the the transparent straps like women wear with their. Uh, that, that's gas. how a couple of guys have done that cosmic boy in uh, in well, cosplay. Oh, is that uh, right? Yeah, yep. Strap, well, yeah. It's the 30th century, they have clothing technology we don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to remember, we're coming up on the reboot in another year, and where none of the earrings actually touch the flesh. Ah, hey, don't, don't forget, uh, Kent's got those glasses that are just lenses that's right. on his we, face. Yeah. Thing, things, friction is unnecessary for clothing. He's accessorizing. It's a tribute to Clark. Yep. <laughs> but friction so, is unnecessary. So who, who we can't talk about because who? that's another Exactly. So we open up to the first page, and it's a splash page of Karate Kid getting ready to kick the reader right in the face. Travis, it's your boy. Uh, it's a Mario. He goes, "Hiya!" And the title of this is "Broken Dreams, Fuzzy Memories." And um, it's funny because he's hairy. Yes. <laughs> so, um, uh, I've we, had a couple of weekends like that, actually. Huh? So we uh, we find out that Timberwolf and Karate Kid are in a sparring session. And, of course, I tried to figure out where in continuity this might be. Um, I came up with two windows. Um, Timberwolf got his new look in Superboy 197. Yeah. And Karate Kid left in Superboy 216 to go back to the 20th century. Mm -hmm. So could be in between there. Or after Karate Kid came back in... Superboy and the Legion 246, and issue 283, which was uh, the last issue which he looked this way uh, before he had his surgery. Mm -hmm. So it's either during the... Got a little Botox. Uh, the Bates 
Shooter, Grell, Cockrum era, or the Conway, Thomas, Jane's, yep. Staten era? Not surprisingly, I prefer to think of it as uh, part of the Reflecto saga. Saga, 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 saga. saga. Um, I do also notice that um, Christopher Taylor, who is the artist, uh, has drawn Karate Kid's collar so high that it extends above his head. Um, basically, making it depends this all but on useless. Which, it depends on which panel you look at. Making it all but useless <laughs> for a martial arts yeah. uh, master who is relying on peripheral vision. Yeah, maybe Warm he's, over so function. In maybe some, he's just that good. In some panels, over his head. In other panels, smaller. It is not remotely consistent. Maybe it's retractable because we don't know, know all about their fabric. Ah, 30th That's century right. clothing technology. Valor has, yes. Uh, Valor had a retractable cape in the 20th century, so. There you go. Anyway, and so he has a growing and shrinking uh, disc thingies that hold up the cape. That's right. true. So they're sparring uh, Karate Kid kicks and Timberwolf ducks. Nice move, Timberwolf. Uh, thanks, Karate Kid. <laughs> And uh, Timberwolf kicks back, and it's blocked by Karate Kid. Uh, whoa, you've been practicing. You're much better since last time. And, uh, Darren, do you happen yep. to... Do you want to know what that says? Uh, sure. Just do it. It's a Nike commercial. <laughs> ah. Uh, and then uh, Karate Kid says, you've almost got those blocks down cold. Almost. I'll show you almost. And uh, they're facing off against each other. And I think this is Bryn saying, ah, just the opening I need. And so and comes... I, I do want to point out there uh, the panel where they both got their fists out. I do like that he has the panel breaking up as if it's being struck. Yes. Um, yeah. I've also got a uh, uh, kind of a, a jaggedy border panel border there to let you know this is a flashback because mm. you can't really go. No, exactly. And also um, in that same panel, speed lines behind them to show that there is definitely an anime influence going on here. So uh, Timberwolf jumps and rawr, and Karate Kid goes, yay! And then, ah! And then Timberwolf goes, oof! As he gets smacked. <laughs> Come on, Timberwolf, did you really think I would leave myself open like that? Remember, always examine a situation closely before making a move. The most obvious way to attack may not be the best. Don't be so impatient. The results of rash actions could be your downfall. Yeah, I'll try to keep that in mind, kid. And then um, Lightlast comes in. Uh, there you are, Timberwolf. We're still on for tonight, right? Dinner? I, I, just, I just have one thing to say about this. Huge tracts of land. <laughs> Take a drink. <laughs> We're still on for tonight. Dinner, dancing. You didn't forget, did you, Bryn? Bryn? Um, and, uh, one, one note I want to point out about this, this memory is it takes us also back to when Karate Kid died and it was Bryn's job to execute as well. That's true, too. And this yeah. kind of supports that whole thing of, you know, because we never really... Of them being friends, yeah. We never really had that exposure to a relationship between them before, and this really supports that, um, canonically speaking. You know, and, kind, of, uh, kind of what I find amusing about that is that 
Giffen hated Karate Kid because he didn't have any quote unquote powers, but he liked Timberwolf or at least didn't hate him as much. Well, but Timberwolf he has like, quote unquote. He's got super agility. I guess. But strength of ten Zunia. Karate Kid is. It's a it's an iffy power. Karate Kid is sure. agile as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, still kind of yeah, similar to yeah. me. <laughs> so um, I did not check into this. But for a time, Light Lass had blonde hair. So yep. if anybody out there tracks when she had blonde hair versus red hair, that might be a clue as to when this took place. She I had not... blonde hair at the uh, kind of after Superboy left the Legion. Yeah, I would not put too much weight on that for this. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not either. But if there's anybody out there who is tracking. Uh, her hair color as it changes, then please let us know so that will help uh, figure out where this actually fits. There you go. Yeah, good good luck with that. Having <laughs> done so much, so much costume reference, it's just coloring stuff. It, it's inconsistent. <laughs> trust me. It, it fits in the flashback dimension. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's Earth Earth FB. Darren, <laughs> d- Darren, does the uh, interlock in panel force anything? Oh, hang on. If you can draw uh, your away, draw your that, eyes away from uh, from Lightlass's rack. That's not a problem. I believe that's gym number um, six or something. That triangle with the dots is a uh, number, mm-hmm. and it's M and a Y. So I'm assuming that's Jim because oh. that's what they are. Well, we've got gym number one in our podcast tonight. Yeah, we do. <laughs> not gym number one, gym number. Oh. One. Let's not get into so, that. Uh, <laughs> so, so Lightlass is uh, is saying you didn't forget, did you, Bryn? Bryn, and then we transition to the present, which is the future, uh, and it's uh, Ayla with her shorter hair. Bryn, wake up, sleepyhead! You were tossing up a storm. Are you all right? I'm just restless, Ayla. I've been cooped up in this lab too long. Sleep is the only thing that keeps you from going stir crazy. You just need a change of scenery to clear your head, she says. No kidding. Now, if a certain 12th level know-it-all will just let me out of here. Hmm, and uh, that is. And then so we've got Rock talking to Brainy. He says, how much longer, Brainy? I'm almost done, Rock. Uh, and Brainy turns and says, I'm sorry if you're feeling penned in, Bryn, but I'm not done examining you. After your sudden transformations recently, it wouldn't be wise to let you roam around, roam about unsupervised. And there's actually a uh, editor's caption referring us back to issue 50. And uh, so Rock turns around and looks at the camera and says, I can't blame him for wanting to get out of here. And so uh, Bryn looks at Ayla, hopefully, and says, oh, so if somebody was to watch me for a while? And she (laughs) says, knock off the puppy dog eyes, Bryn. I heard him too. Brainy, how about if I escort Bryn around headquarters for a while? Fine, but don't overexert him, Ayla. No more than a couple hours. If he displays any signs of transformation, notify me immediately. And uh, uh, Rock is behind him. Brainy, I thought you said you were almost done. And he says, "Uh, not yet, Rock. Hmm, this is interesting. And so now we're uh, back in flashback land. uh, And Brain is thinking machines. Never did like them. They always brought pain into my life. And uh, we see a um, caption from an old man. Ah, most interesting. 
the new dosage of Zunium seems to be increasing the patient's subject strength with no apparent side effects. Excellent. And so uh, Bryn is, is uh, behind him in an orange and yellow glow, says, Dad, this is beginning to hurt. Can we stop now? What? Oh, yes, certainly. Just think of it, Bryn. You now have the strength of 10 normal Zunians. Soon you'll be even stronger. You'll be so strong, strong, <laughs> gasp. And he is having a heart attack, falls down. Dad, uh, oh, God, it's your heart, isn't it? Hang on, Dad. Karth, where are you? Call a med unit. Hurry. And uh, his dad's on the ground groaning. Uh, and he says, Dad, don't die. Please don't die. We've already lost Mom. I can't lose you, too. And uh, so now we hear uh, Karth Arn thinking, the old man is dying and the boy is distracted. Now is the perfect time. Uh, and the dad says, enough whining, son. Listen, it's important. <clears throat> Promise me you'll <clears throat> never be weak. Promise. Now. I, I, I promise, Dad, as Bryn is crying and Karth Arn is standing behind him with a giant, giant uh, gun. Mm. And so a little while later, uh, it is uh, Bryn saying, Android Karth Arn, it's about time you began functioning again. No, no, that, that's Karth well, Arn saying that to Bryn. Well, that's what we, that, yes, but that's not what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And and the boy in blue, who is really Bryn, says, Karth Arn, is that who I am? What happened? And Karth Arn, who is pretending to be Bryn, says, there was an accident. You had sustained internal damage. You are Karth Arn, the android assistant to my father, the late Dr. Marlando. I am his son, Bryn Londo. And Bryn says, you're, you're his son, and I'm an android? And the android says, that is correct, Karth Arn. Obviously, my father's death has somehow affected your memory banks. Compose yourself, or I will have you dismantled, just as my father had planned to do with you. Now, straighten up the lab. I will be in my father's study. Those eyebrows of his yeah. giving Namor a run for his money right there. And so uh, Bryn, who thinks he's the android, says, Android? I'm an android. Something's not right. I can sense it. And uh, this is all part of a flashback to his uh, intro and origin story way back in Adventure 327. And so uh, then we skip ahead, and Bryn is getting ready to leave the planet. I have to get out of here, sort out my feelings. Feelings, there I go again, thinking I have human emotions. But I do. How can I be an android? One thing's for sure, I'm never going to find out the truth here. Perhaps one day I'll return when I know who or what I truly am. And then there is a uh, uh, present tense. Bryn is now thinking back. Carthorn did a real good job making me doubt my humanity. It took me years to get over his brainwashing and feel comfortable around humans again. I space hopped from planet to planet for a long time, never feeling that I fit in anywhere. Even when I joined that traveling space circus, I still felt like an outcast among outcasts. Meeting the Legion changed my life completely. They accepted me, and I found the family and friends I'd been missing for most of my life. I finally felt that I was somewhere I belonged. And flashback is over. We're now back in the future present. Uh, and it is Jacques saying, well, look who finally decided to return to our happy little group. Kent, good to see you again. 
And Ms. Rockfish, welcome back. So this puts it a couple, probably a couple days or so after yeah. Yeah. Uh, last issue. And uh, Celeste says, thank you, Jacques. Devlin, hi, how are you? And um, uh, Mara Rush, or Mara Williams is with them. Says, wow, are you sure this place is safe? And Devlin says, great, Ms. Rockfish, good to see you. And uh, Jura, who's there with Jock, whispers to him, is he the one Kono was always talking about? <laughs> and Jock says, yes. Jura, this is Kent Shakespeare. Kent, this is my wife, Jura. Uh, and, and Kent is like, hey, congratulations, I didn't know. Hmm. Uh, so, Celeste, who is our young friend here? And uh, while they're talking, Bryn and Ayla walk up. And uh, Celeste says, this is Mara Williams. We call her Rush. She caught a ride with us on her way to the UP Military Academy on Zolnar. Her en enhanced speed power and a recommendation from us should get her right in. Would it, uh, uh, sorry, just a continuity question here. Wouldn't Impulse know who Infectious Lass is? Uh, not that they were, well, I don't know, I mean, did they ever meet? I, I I don't know, but they were both members of the Legion in the F, the between time. I just don't know if Impulse was around before she was recruited or if he decided to leave. Um, I just, uh, just a question. That's all. Yeah. So, I mean, we see according we see to some, this, they don't know each other at all. We see some of the era later in this issue, and I don't remember seeing Infectious last there. Well, they weren't uh, married until the last uh, recruits. Um, let's see, when did, uh, I'm looking at my timeline, when did uh, Jacques leave? Jacques was one of the last, he was in the last group. Mm -hmm. Or or uh, or he may have been like the last Legionnaire to leave to form the underground. <coughs> but he took most of the subs with him when he left. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so. Yeah. Uh, Just a question. We'll answer it later. Yep. Yeah. So, um, uh, Celeste continues, the subs are now on Zolnar, helping Chuck and Luornu train the new recruits. I'll be sure to put in a good word for her. I guess that's, that's Jacques. Uh, yeah. and, she's, and, and Mara says, wow, thanks. Uh, hello, I'm Devlin O. And she cuts him up. Who's that? And he says, that's Mr. Londo, Timberwolf. Don't let his appearance frighten you. He looks quite beastly but he's a gentle soul. And imagine I'm saying this with a, with an Irish accent. Yeah. Call, call Derek, get him on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she says, Oh, I didn't realize. Do you think he heard me? And Devlin says, Oh, don't worry. He's had, he's had some troubles, but he's fine now. And then uh, we have another flashback and we are now in um, uh, Legion number this 289. Is... Yep. And so they are in a cold and lonely corner of hell. And uh, uh, Bryn is holding um, uh, Imra, uh, and he's thinking, Troubles, yeah, I've had my share of troubles. Because that starts with T, and and that rhymes with, wait, am I getting that right? Wait, yeah, yeah. Starts yeah. with T, oh, rhymes okay. with P, and that stands for pool. That stands for pool. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> and she says, it's okay, Timberwolf, I'll be fine now. Are you sure, Saturn girl? And uh, he replies, that orange-skinned idiot. Only Chameleon Boy could have gotten us stranded on the coldest asteroid in the universe. Easy, Timberwolf. It's not all his fault. Besides, I'm sure the other members of the Legion are out searching for us right now. Yeah, right. 
And she says, they have to be. I've got to believe that I'll see my family in Lightning Lad again. It's the only thing that keeps me going. And she uh, she kind of cozies up to him. What about you, Timberwolf? You want to see Light Lass again, don't you? Yeah, I guess so. What do you mean? She know You know she loves you. Even without my telepathy, I can tell how deeply she cares for you. And uh, so then we see um, Violet and Colossal Boy and Chameleon Boy, except that's not really Violet. That's really Yura. But, Yura. Mm-hmm. But we don't know that yet. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, well, it's just that we seem to be drifting apart lately. I know she cares, but she, I, I, I just don't know. Oh, Bryn, we're not going to make it, are we? I'm trying to be brave about all this, but... And he says, hey, easy now. I thought you believed in seeing your family again. We have to believe someone's seen our signal flare. Until then, I'll take care of you. And off panel, someone yells, Timberwolf. He turns around, and it's Dawnstar carrying Ayla. Ayla, uh, Lightlass, Dawnstar, but, but how? And Dawnstar says, have you forgotten my tracking powers, Timberwolf? It was easily, it was easy, especially after seeing a glimmer from your light beacon. And and Bryn is like, Ayla, I'm so glad to see you again. She says, are you? Are you really, Bryn? And he, now he thinks, oh, Lord, Ayla, that must have been when I first started to lose you. And we're back in the present, which is really the future. Uh, and Ayla says, Bryn, are you okay? You look like you were miles from here. I'm sorry, Ayla. I, I was just reminded of something. What'd you say? It wasn't important. And uh, so we kind of get a little look around what's going on at the rest of the headquarters. And there's um, uh, Rond uh, up there doing some work. And he says, Nass, I still can't get the receptors aligned. Ayla, if you see Loomis, tell him to get back here. Sure, Rond. And uh, Ayla says to Bryn, so how are you feeling now? Much better. You were right. Stretching my legs seems to have helped a lot. Sometimes a little freedom can really change your disposition. And uh, cut to Misa's room, where I believe that's Amethyst, is telling her, Misa, there is a matter of universal importance to be attended to. And shockingly, we will find out later this issue what that means, not like 10 issues from now. It is shocking. Uh, So they pass by the nursery. And Lida is saying, whoo, smells like someone needs to be changed. And Glenna, will you get me a new diaper, please? Yes, Mrs. Crin. And uh, on the floor, Laurel is playing with her daughter. Come on, Lauren, you can do it. Walk to Mommy. What a girl. That's it. Come to Mommy. And Bryn thinks, Mom. And so now we flash back. And sometimes I miss Mom so much. And so this is a flashback to when he was a little boy. Uh, mommy, mommy, look at the flower I found. Bring it here, Bryn. Let me see. And Mars says, I don't see why I have to waste a whole afternoon watching him run through this wretched park. Uh, and his mother says, the boy needs to be outside occasionally, Mar, or he'll forget what trees we still have look like. Mommy, mommy, it was the last pretty one. I got it just for you. Oh, thank you, honey. Uh, it's beautiful. And uh, we see Taylor still has issues drawing little children. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, and and Mars says, damn it, Nanette, you're coddling him again. How can we expect him to become self-sufficient adult if you're constantly pampering him? Leave him alone, Mar. He's not one of your lab specimens. 
Believe it or not, children need more than food and air. They also need love. And Mars says, look around, Nanette. This world is changing. The planet's ecosystem is almost destroyed. Only the strong Azunians are going to be able to survive the dramatic changes our world is undergoing. We have to prepare our son for his future. And she says, that's just it. He's our son, not one of the emotionalist androids back at your lab. He has feelings and emotions. If we don't nurture those human qualities, he, will want to, he won't want to live in the future you predict for him. And Mars says, that's what I'm trying to do, woman. Flowers and trees have nothing to do with his future. You're wasting his time on such trivialities. Uh, haven't you listened to a single thing I've said? And she goes, not if you're going to talk to me that way. Damn it, Nanette, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> I don't want to hear anymore, as, uh, as Bryn sulks away. My parents always spent more time arguing about the quality of my life than they actually did caring for it. <coughs> uh, so now we have a brief, brief flashback to the present or flash forward. Uh, and it's Joe and Sessa. And uh, Darren, what does Joe's shirt read in Interlac? Hang on a second. Um, <laughs> LC, the... LCU. Okay. So okay. It, it's a university, LC. I don't know what LC means in this context. So. Is that, that his, his shirt reads LCU in English and Interlac? Yeah. Uh, it's we'll, definitely we'll a varsity jock shirt for sure. And so uh, he's walking, and uh, Spider Girl is caressing him with her hair. And she's like, he, he's like, Grife, Sasa, will you leave me alone? I've got to fix eight more power conduits that Bion had knocked out. Oh, come on, Joey, I could help. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. And, and actually, I'm, I'm thinking she now sounds like um, uh, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Kinda, yeah. It's, it's this is a little disturbing to me, just because it's like, like stalkers. If, well, area plus, now. plus if you're like if you like uh, you know tentacle hair. Yeah. Well, there's that. So. Yeah. And he's like, help like yours, I don't need. Oh, please, no. <laughs> and Bryn says she doesn't know when to give up, does she? And uh, Ayla says doesn't look like it. And uh, as they leave, she go, um, Sasa goes, I know all about couplings. And uh, Brent, um, Joe says, uh, grumble, grumble, will you back off? And now we have a flashback to Joe saying, back off now. I said he's coming with me. And there's Brent in his uh, furball um, uh, incarnation. And he's talking to a doctor and a couple of science police. And, and the, probe. Uh, the probe doctor says, not without Dr. Gimmel's permission, he doesn't. Uh, and Joe says, you have no right to hold him here on Medicus One. Two, go. You have no right to hold him here on Medicus One, Joe says. This isn't what he wants. I'll tear this place apart if I have to. You can't stop me from taking him out of here. And Dr. Gimmel comes up and says, that will be enough, Mr. Na. I have spoken with Mr. Dox. We agree that we best for Mr. Londo to leave with you. And Joe says, well, it's about time, doctor. Uh, come on, Bryn, let's go. Huh? And uh, they're walking out. And as Bryn passes a mirror, he looks at himself. And he goes, no! <laughs> like, that, uh, like that 
that gif of Darth Vader. Yes. Um, so now we have another flashback to sometime shortly after that. Uh, and in particular, this is uh, August. Well, of, that's the weird part, because this isn't actually after that. This is before that. Uh, oh, yeah, good point. You're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. So we are, we are flashing back from the flashback. Uh, a flashback within a flashback. That is uh, comic that's, faux pas. That's that's we're we're doing some inception here. Yes. Mm -hmm. So um, we flash back to August fourteenth, or sorry, August twelfth, twenty nine ninety one, and we don't know the date yet, but it's kind of important. Uh, we will find out shortly what's going on, as we see Block getting blasted with a boom. Take a drink. Yay. Finally, take a drink. And uh, Block goes arg. Because apparently it's talked like a pirate day, too. Yes. And Bryn says, Block. September 19th, 2994. Mm -hmm. Block, are you, right, right. are you okay, buddy? And uh, Block says, I am fine, Timberwolf. I was more caught off guard than actually hurt. And uh, uh, I don't recall seeing Block wearing red pants with yellow boots. Yeah, that's his last outfit. In yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you have a, do you have a, yep. a, a guide for yes, that? Yes, I do. Yep. Good. All right. So I can go on. Mm -hmm. uh, do, you, do you have a guide for uh, Dr. Regulus and his pouches and shoulder pads? Oh, my pads God. There? He got overly 90, didn't he? Mm. He got 90s. Well, well, here's the thing is, well, he got 90 but everybody here is kind of wearing the costumes that Giffen made right at the end of the Baxter right. run. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. But that was the 80s. They yeah. got 80-deed. Yeah, well, what, what happened yeah. basically is is – Giffen kind of Giffen and Gordon kind of, or was he Gordon the anchor at the time? Yeah. They, they kind of kicked off the pouches and shoulder pads. Look, um, because yeah, everybody was, blames Liefeld, but it was Giffen. Best for everyone. It was 89. And, and it wasn't until the early nineties when this, when it really took off, but, um, you know, Dr. Regulus now has uh, a band of, Eye pouches, and he's got Batman's utility belt, and he's got giant shoulder pads that should make it difficult for him to raise his arms. But um, <laughs> uh, glowing uh, fist is is uh, left fist is glowing with Kirby crackle, and uh, he says, "Consider yourselves warned, Legionnaires. I will not tolerate any interference. So leave now." Can you uh, consider yourselves at home? <laughs> and someone says, if you think we're going to let you destroy the sun, Dr. Regulus, you're nuts. And Regulus says, you and your friends should learn to mind your own business, Timberwolf, especially when I have an ample supply of solar energy for power. And he charges up his right hand with a shrack and fires uh, at Wildfire, Sensor Girl, and uh, Dream Girl, who is for some reason wearing a safari vest. Um, who with pouches, of course, she's got pouches on, um, on her wrists, pouches, uh, at her waist and what looks like pouches on her boobs. Yeah. And so this is the only issue that that costume appears in. <laughs> so your, uh, uh, your guide should be, guide right there. Yeah. Should be, should be pretty easy for this costume. 
um, thankfully, Christopher Taylor actually drew a full figure of this one and just randomly put it on the internet. So that plus the oh. two panels. I mean, there's a better picture a couple pages from now too. Yes. But right. The Starboy one is another question altogether. You can barely see it at all. So he anyway. Uh, I'm sorry. He, he zaps at them, and Wildfire says, "Dreamy, watch out!" And uh, as uh, as apparently energy bolts make sound in airless space, and, she, and Dream Girl goes, "Yow!" And Sensor Girl says, "Be on guard! I sent something catastrophic is about to happen." And uh, now we have a. Uh, a bigger picture of Dr. Regulus in his ship. Your pathetic team is no challenge to me. With my device, Moloch Hanscom will show the universe that no planet welches on a loan from the new Starfinger. Oh, Earth. The, sorry, the new who? Starfinger! That's it. Uh, but this is the second one. Uh, no, that's the third one, because he killed the second one. Uh, Earth will now pay the price for its arrogance. And Timberwolf and Block uh, go after him. Come on, Block, let's take this bag of hot air down. And Block says, with pleasure. And Dr. Regulus says, fools, you can't stop me. I, oh no, the detonator. It's been, boom. Oh, oh dear. There's been an Whoops. earth-shattering kaboom. Hey, drink. Uh, not an earth-shattering, but know. possibly a sun-shattering kaboom. Well, I think we can assume that Dr. Regulus is dead at this point. <laughs> so you're powered by the sun. Your plan is to destroy the sun. You're a genius, sir. He wasn't uh, yes, because that, uh, candle because, in the wind. Because that will really teach Earth. Earth, you really shouldn't Welsh on your bets. Got to pay that tab. <laughs> and uh, so President Bryn is uh, thinking, I never did learn the lesson that Karate Kid tried to teach me. Until that day when my impatience finally got the better of me. And uh, Kent is there saying, damn. And Ayla's, Bryn, oh my God. And so they take him back. Help me get him back to the ship, Lightning Last. I have to get him to a metabed quick. He took a large dose of solar radiation. And Polar Boy says, you're right, Sensor Girl. Oh, Sensor Girl says, I sense something is terribly wrong with the sun. Um, I... I don't know. I would think that like Sunboy would be better to figure that out than than. Well, she she girl, but... she senses um, things. That's her yeah. whole deal. Ah. Uh, but but then Polar Boy backs it up, and Polar yeah. Boy would know that because he's from Thar, which is hotter than uh, Mobile and Atlanta put together in the South. Um, on a on wow. an average day. Not not that hot. No, it's it's hot on Thar. That's why he has everyone developed the ability to generate cold and ice in order to keep themselves cool because the planet is intensely warm. So he can he can sense heat as well. And uh, he says, "You're right. You're right, sensor girl. I can feel it too. The sun's cooling down." And Starboy, who is now wearing a purple jacket with yellow pouches. And yellow gloves over his. Which I really like because that goes back to his original costume. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. gonna say I, I, I kind of dig it too. Uh, says, "Are you sure, Star? Uh, sorry, are you sure, Polar Boy?" And Dream Girl says, "It's true, Star Boy. I foresaw earlier that Doctor Regulus would weaken the sun." What? Well, I, I hope she told everybody about her <laughs> premonitions. Did you tell us that all of all of her premonitions come true? Don't you see? Yes. Oh, take a drink. And, take a drink. 
Someone, uh, someone invoked uh, Dreamgirl's powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, whoops, looks like I, we're supposed to read this vertically instead of horizontally. So after uh, Bryn said, or after um, Impulse and Lightning Lass uh, say Bryn, um, he's like, let me see him, Ayla. And she says, hurry, Impulse. And Bryn isn't looking too good. Cough, cough. Relax, Ayla. Just got the wind knocked out of me. And then they bring him back to the ship. Everybody says the sun's out. And Sunboy says, my solar powers won't be enough to help us. The problem is internal. And Wildfire says, your powers aren't the answer, Sunboy, but you've given me an idea. Uh, if I merge my energy with the suns, I might be able to control the internal and prevent it from collapsing. Uh, no Wildfire. Even if it does work, there's no way of telling if we can separate you from the sun later. Uh, and he says, sorry, sun boy, it's my choice and the only choice we have. And uh, he opens up his mask and he fooshes out. And don't we take a drink for, for I mean, wildfire? Yeah. No, no, we do. I mean, it's it's no. not damaged. Only do it when it blows up. Oh, no. Oh, he, okay. he left his containment suit. That counts. You think? Yeah, he's sometimes done it himself. I mean... I just think you want to hydrate yourself. That's all. I'm taking a drink. uh, Take a drink. Yeah. And then so he goes uh, zipping off towards the sun. (laughs) And uh, a reminder, even at light speed, it's going to take eight minutes to get to the sun. Mm. Um, And they have rings that allow them to go faster than the speed of light. So I don't know why... But none uh, of them can stop him. None or, of them have the power to stop him. So. Or wildfire, why Wildfire didn't use his flight ring to go towards the sun. Um, but anyway. Wait, flight rings can go faster than light? I didn't actually know that. They can do anything the writer wants them to. I suppose. Uh, and I don't know if they do or not, but... They they don't go that oh. fast. I mean... I w- Monel, Superboy, Supergirl, Dawnstar, Ultra Boy using super speed. Yeah. Wildfire can kind of keep up in those speeds, but the rest of the Legionnaires who are there, they can't attain those velocities. All right. Well, Except for go. Ultra Boy. But Ultra Boy has no way to stop Wildfire's energy form, which yeah. is probably why he left his suit. Yeah. Right. So someone says, damn it, Drake, no. Someone else says, Wildfire, don't do it. Stop him. And Block grabs the suit and cries. He's gone. His suit is all that's left. You will be missed, Wildfire. Your sacrifice will not have been made in in vain. And he's like not s- sitting there outside of the suit saying, like, guys, I'm fine. I'm good. Give me another suit. And uh, in case you hadn't noticed, that's Black Dawn. Yeah. I thought I, I thought it was some kind of, uh, oh, I had a joke here. Where'd it go? Uh, uh, final night scenario. Yes. Yeah, kind uh, of, no, of. I'll, yeah. I'll have... I'll have some more on on uh, Black Dawn after the end of the episode. There we go. So uh, so now we're back in the present, and Wildfire is retrieving one of his old suits, and he's like, "Damn, these old suits just don't cut it. Got to keep the new Drake Burrows under wraps, and for that, I need something a whole lot tougher." About time, Jesus. And uh, you, you can rip this. This thing rips like a like a plastic bag. Pretty much, yeah. And so he's got uh, images of some of his old costumes from when he was uh, he was able to hold his energy together uh, that Quizlet, Quizlet showed him out. But now he's getting back to his uh, one of his old uniforms and his old helmet. And 
uh, Bryn's thinking, I, did he say how he did it? And Ayla says, he won't say. Just keeps to himself mostly. Even Brainy can't get near enough to examine him. I can't, and Bryn mutters from that. And Ayla continues, we're still not sure if he's going to stay. Uh, and now we flash back again to um, uh, Legion Volume 3, Number 6, right after the supervillain war. And quarters. And she says, I can't stay, Brandon. Oh, come no. on, Ayla, what's wrong now? Michael, what? you're wrong. This is after Great Darkness. Yeah, she would have lightning powers if it was after Legion Supervillain. Uh, you're right, but I thought that's when she left. No, she left the... after Great Darkness. Oh, okay. She left yeah. during the time when Block and Timberwolf were on the couch learning about the the reason Green Lantern's Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 right. Uh, but, yeah. And when she left, she had Light Last powers. Yeah. Right, and she didn't get Lightning Last until after the Super the Bowl. LSB right. right. Yeah. All righty. So uh, she says, I can't stay, Bryn. Oh, come on, Ayla, what's wrong now? I've already told you, the Legion no longer offers me anything I want or need. I'm tired of all the death and destruction, so I'm leaving. If you can't understand that and support my decision, then I guess I'm leaving you too. Ayla, you don't mean that. What'd I do? It's not your fault I'm no longer happy here. Why don't you come with me? I can't, Ayla. The Legion is like family to me. And she replies, then what am I? He says, I, I, I didn't mean it that way. It's just that Never mind, Bryn. We've been at odds with each other lately. I guess this was bound to happen. It's best to end this now. Ayla, I... And she says, goodbye, Bryn, and walks off. And uh, present Bryn is thinking, it was my own fault. I was scared. I didn't want to lose the one place where I was comfortable. Instead, I lost the one who, person who was most important to me. You, Ayla. And now we have a flashback to Back to Adventure 327. You were always there for me. You believed in me when I doubted my humanity. You helped me discover my true identity and uncover Karth Arn's lies. All those times I felt lonely and needed someone, you were there. You even convinced me to join the Legion, giving me a new home and a family. Uh, with your hope, I overcame my father's legacy an addiction to the Zunium that had given me my strength. I couldn't believe the pain of withdrawal. I just wanted to die. It was horrible. If not for your support, I, I, I don't know what would have happened. You stay with me through it all, giving me a reason to live. And no matter how many memory lapses I've suffered, I could never forget your being there, especially when I nearly died from the radiation poisoning. And so now we are post-Black Dawn on Medicus One, and Ayla is at the foot of the bed. Garth and Imra send their love, Bryn. Imra just found out that she's pregnant again. Twins, of course. I just hope she doesn't have any problems like last time. Dreamy finally became high seer of Naltor. There won't be any way of keeping her under control now. Tom's not going with her, though. He's engaged to someone else. I don't remember her name, but she's kind of a big-time sports promoter. Unfortunately, those two aren't the only ones going their separate ways. i heard, but the Legion's been officially disbanded. They pulled some crazy stunt, which was the last straw for EarthGov. It's best, it's for the best. The team was becoming a haven for superpowered misfits lately. 
Oh, I'm sorry, Bryn. I'm supposed to cheer you up. Legion gossip isn't such a good topic these days. I finally got in contact with Joe. He's furious that you're still here. He said he'll do something about getting here soon. Brainy's coming tomorrow to look at you again. I try not or try not to laugh at his jokes if you can. I have to leave today. I'm not supposed to be here anyway. I just had to see how you were doing. And uh, President Brand is thinking, you were always there for me, Ayla, no matter what. I've been so stupid. And either he hears her or uh, he's just angry or something, but he goes through his uh, uh, transition from normal Brynn into ball while lying on the bed there. And then we are out of flashbacks, and uh, Brynn says, Ayla, and she says, are you tired? Do you want to go back? No, I'm fine. I just need to tell you, well, I've been thinking about my life lately, and I realize the only stable thing in it has been you. I know our relationship can never go back to what it was, but I want you to know I still care for you deeply. There's no way I can repay you for the love and support you've given me, but I'll certainly try. And she says, oh, Bryn, you know I'll always have a special place for you in my heart. And uh, uh, so now we cut to uh, a control room where uh, Bai is listening to the news. And it's uh, today, Kund forces control of the planet Grick. Fortunately, both Sklar and Orando were able to fend off Kund attack. Sentient. Where the Kuns will strike next, this is reporting. And one thing to point out, two things to point out, um, on the screen in front are the names of five planets that uh, um, that apparently the Kuns are uh, taking over. There's right. Elia, Grick, Lathor, Haznik, and Xerox. Uh, interestingly, um, Xerox... Uh, should not have been named since it has kind of been destroyed. Yep. Um, Grick uh, is a world on which Colossal Boy battled a giant who terrorized a city of normal-sized beings back in Adventure 301. Uh, we already know about Lalor and Paznik, but Elia, does that ring a bell with anybody? That's not this is not a stump to subs question. <laughs> then no. All right. Elia is the homeworld of the Dominators. Ah. And so now, like 10 issues later, we finally find out who was attacking the Dominion homeworld that caused the Dominators to break off their occupation of Earth. Huh. It was the Kuns. <clears throat> And so uh, Vi is saying, those bastards, they never should have gotten this far. Uh, and Bran and Ayla walk up behind her. We were right there. They told us what they were going to do. They told us. And we turned our backs and let them do it anyway. And Ayla comforts Vi and says, easy, Vi. Rock did what he thought was best. We were in a no-win situation from the beginning. I know, I know, she says. But that doesn't make it any easier for us to take her doesn't make this any easier to take. And uh, Joe and Sessa walk in. Cadet Na reporting for monitor duty, Officer Digby. And she says, you're late, Joe. 
and uh, and Private Paka too. And she whispers, "Say, Soldier Boy, you want to go AWOL with me?" And he's, "Oh, grife. Uh, sorry, if I've been distracted lately. So, what's going on out there? Uh, nothing good. The great, in air quotes, Kund Empire is harassing the smaller EP worlds again. Many have already fallen under Kund rule, and." Uh, uh, Misa walks in and Rock says, unfortunately, the Kuns will have to wait by. We have a more immediate problem to deal with. Uh, what could be more important? And Rock says, it's Glorith. What? I'll let Misa explain. I've got to get things ready. I'll be down with Brainy and Loomis in the lab. And uh, Misa says, Glorith's power has always been counterbalanced by Mordru's. Neither one was strong enough to destroy the other which kept either of them from controlling the universe. Since we recently defeated Morju, the balance of power has shifted in Glorith's favor. Since we upset the balance, it's our responsibility to stop Glorith before she realizes the power shift and imposes her will over every sentient being in the universe. And uh, uh, some rockets, no, is that Joe? Oh, later. So um, uh, Joe's down in the ship. Says we're all loaded up, and the course for Baldor is planet. See you soon, gang. And uh, Jacques says they would have preferred to come along in this mission. And Joe says we probably could use the help, Jacques, but we're really packed in the ship as it is. Hopefully, it'll be a quick trip. Brainy thinks this new device will keep Glorith grounded on Baldor until we can figure out a way to control her. And Jacques says I hope he's right. Joe's in mean me too. In the meantime, though, just take care of the home front. Keep some silver ale on ice, Jock. We'll be back soon. Don't worry, Joe. We'll be here waiting as the ship zooms off. And uh, so Tom McCraw, words and colors. Stuart Imminent and Christopher Taylor shared the inks. Ron Boyd and Wade Gr Von Grawbadger shared the inks. And it is not like Imminent and Boyd. And then Taylor and Von Grawbadger, it's all mix and match. Exactly. Uh, Bob Benaha letters, Mike McAvenny assists, Casey Carlson groomer. And special thanks to Jerry Steinhelper, uh, who I know was a member of Interlac, um, but I don't know what thanks he would be given for. I will take a look at that. Yeah. Pro probably trying to figure out all the back continuity of Bryn. Yeah. So. That, that would be fair. my guess, too. So um, uh, a little bit more about uh, Black Dawn. So even though this is a uh, Tom McCraw written issue, uh, um, Tom Bierbaum uh, says about Black Dawn, uh, in a nutshell, Dr. Regulus went insane and was going to cause the sun to go off in a Nova-like explosion. Wildfire saves the day and sacrifices himself. We don't want to give any more or many more details because it was a heck of a story. Maybe someday we'll get to be told. See the 2595 Mayfair source book for a few more details. Uh, we did know that um, not only was Starfinger number two involved, but the Kuns were somehow involved, and that is not depicted in this uh, rendition here. So if you go to the source book, um, there is uh, an excerpt from the Interstellar Press. 
uh, on August 12th, 2991, that says uh, the exact fate of Legionnaire Drake Burroughs' wildfire remains clouded in the wake of the Black Dawn tragedy. In a prepared statement, Legion spokesman Breck Bannon referred to Burroughs as having paid the ultimate price to save this system, but added that his death has not been confirmed, nor has been his exact status. And then there is a Legion incident report filed by Breck Bannon, unofficial deputy leader uh, under the incident report Black Dawn, uh, Legionnaire engaged Timberwolf. So this is his, uh, his OSHA report. Uh, incident, failing to quickly obey Sunboy's warnings to get back to shelter, Timberwolf was caught partly exposed when the radiation swept past, apparently giving him severe radiation exposure. Decontamination procedures were started right away aboard the cruiser, and we took him as quickly as we could to Medicus 1. Got there about 11.40 a.m., about 20 minutes after Timberwolf was... It looked like he suffered very bad radiation burns and maybe some mutation. We don't know his chances of making it yet, of any next of kin. We've all... And Morella Tau, who was the uh, reporter who was his girlfriend for a little while. Uh, EarthGov won't let us get the get well messages that people are sending, that we think there are hundreds of thousands of them. So Black Dawn culminated in this incident here, uh, but the source book and what we've gathered over the last 50 issues basically said it was kind of a month-long affair um, that involved the Kuns and Starfinger um, and Dr. Regulus and this was just kind of the, the last straw, the, the last event yeah. in the Black Dawn affair. It wasn't just, uh, you know, oh, here's a here's a one-shot battle where Ren gets injured. Oh, but, no, no. Yeah. So basically we get in two pages uh, more than what we saw in the previous 50 issues. Well, there you go. Um, but it's still not satisfying to me as a reader with all the buildup that it received over the last 50 plus issues to have it be recapped in a couple of pages. Well, given that the people who set this out were no longer on the book, it was agreed. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's uh, that McCraw gave it any time at all is a credit to him because, uh, you know, he was like, I'm working on this book. This work, this book was doing stuff before I got here. So, and, uh, and for him to include that is, uh, and probably thinking, probably thinking I'll be on this for a while. And then, you know, whoever takes the book after me can, can worry about it. Yeah. And actually was on the book for a while, just not in this particular iteration for very long. And he's like, Oh, we're going to have plenty of time to get to the rest of black Dawn. That's right. (laughs) We've got an entire story arc coming up around issue 90. (laughs) <laughs> yep. And uh, so that is the recap for the week. Nice. Sweet. Well, that is... Your feedback? Awesome. Yes. Why, yes, there is. Give me a moment. All right, Jim, I need you uh, prepared on this one because this one... What's is, up? This one is all you, sir. All right. Amongst our feedback, um, from Howard Madnick, Jim... I understand the importance of knowing when to hold them and when to fold them. 
and the importance of walking away and running as an exit strategy. My question is, how does one acquire that sense? Is it a learned skill, like how Karate Kid learned all the galaxy's martial arts? Or is it a a Latin superpower, like Karate Kid's retcon superpower, of being able to determine an opponent's weak spot? And in the latter, do you think the uh, old JSA enemy, the gambler, may have had this power? Asking for a friend, Howard Madden. (laughs) So here's the bad news. (laughs) I don't know anything about poker. So something about poker. Well, there's the funny thing. The thing about poker is that you don't play poker to deal poker. It's not like blackjack where you're, where the house is playing against you. Right. Poker, poker players play against each other. All I do is literally just pitch the cards out and read the hands. Yeah. So I, I am never involved in anything resembling like decision-making <laughs> now. No, that's but, you have to, but you have to know, like, which hand beats which? Like I mean, but you know, that's a that's a flow chart. Yeah. Uh, that's not a skill. Have, that's not a skill or a, or a knowing when to. Yeah. So I I have played poker, of course. You know, I know the rules of the game, and I've played, but I've only ever won at poker once, and it was mostly by accident. Although it is <laughs> it is a funny story though, because I didn't. So the old adage is, if you don't know who the fish is, it's probably you. okay and so for one time in my life i figured out who the fish was and i totally took all of his money because he he was playing bad hands yeah so when you spot someone who plays bad hands all the way to the river and you have medium good hands generally you if you run them all the way down to the river you can beat him um but that was luck because the next time i played i lost all my money. <laughs> uh, so I have no advice on how to play poker well because I have no idea how to play poker well. Uh, but generally speaking, you need to lose thousands of dollars in order to learn, the, learn these skills. There you go. Um, <laughs> and I just have never put the money in or the time in to do the actual learning of. I, I hope I will, you're taking notes, Howard. First, lose I, lots of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So one thing I have noticed, this is not useful at all, but as someone who does deal a lot of cards, um, you have a tendency to not really look at people's faces. You have a tendency to see literally their hands, not their cards, their literal hands. Yeah, yeah. And it's really interesting if you just watch people's hands, how much information where they put their hands will tell you, because usually I can tell who's going to fold in advance based on where their hands are located. Oh. Or what they're fiddling with, or what they're, or or how they've like boxed their cards together, like they're getting ready to throw them away. I don't know how useful that actually is in an actual game of poker, though, because all that really tells you is that person's going to fold. Um, and sometimes it's not true. Sometimes they trick you. But it's amazing how much body language there is. And unfortunately, right. yes, yes. In order to learn that, you have to deal cards for twenty years, like I have. Yeah. And I think that's just yeah. part of it is is just playing that length of time. Yeah, you you just you practice. just have to you yeah. have to practice. You have to you have to the knowing when to folding thing is actually pretty tough because even the worst hands can win it at poker. Uh, and bluffing is a big part of the game. People who will play nothing and still win. That's why poker is so popular is because um, there is an aspect of skill involved where right. where 
you can bluff your opponent, and that's where the skill comes in. Um, also, you can overbet like crazy and scare them away. That's also a tactic. Hmm. But uh, that's risky because then if you get called yeah. and you're bluffing, there goes your money. There goes yeah. your money. Yeah. That is literally where the term call your bluff came from. Yes. Nice. And of course, sometimes they'll call your bluff and you'll still river the, and win. So the luck aspect is also in play. Yeah. And then they'll hate you forever and call you a donkey. <laughs> is this from experience or, or what a friend has told you? Oh, I watch all this happen on, in real time every day. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm Pe- sure, I'm people sure don't... that's not the real word they use. Oh, no. Donkey is actually the real word they use. It's, really? Uh, yeah, being a donkey means you don't know what you're doing, and you oh. have, you have a tendency to. That's why I was donk off kid last week. Is donking off is when you basically shove all your money in without knowing what you're doing mm. and lose all your money. You're donking off. You're a donkey. <laughs> oh, wow, nice. And that's one to grow on, kids. There you go. There you go. Bing, bing, bing. Very nice. The more you know. The more you know, <laughs> indeed. That's awesome, Jim. Now I can teach you how to play blackjack. Blackjack is actually a, a game that you do need to know what you're doing, and even though in every interview, as long as you know what you're doing, you can win forty five percent of the time. Yeah. All right, let's let's it's, hang. It's, let's hold off on that one in case I'm playing against any of these people ever. Uh, you know. Unfortunately, it also requires that everyone else at the table is also playing correctly, and if they don't play correctly, it know, messes that, everything and up. And that is where the odds get get dicey. And that's that's when I get up and leave the table, Jim. Yes, <laughs> is because that's the, the that's the one thing that irks me more than anything else in a casino is when I'm at a blackjack table and somebody uh, says, oh, I've got a gut feeling that my 16 Ooh. is going to beat the dealer when he's got a 10 showing. <laughs> like, yep. OK. Yeah. It's been, it's been good. Have yeah. good luck, guys. I'm going to a different table. <laughs> So uh, well, thanks for. Not uh, right, he's not right about that. No, you never. You never hit on. You never hit on sixteen. Especially. I know. Actually, no. When you're facing ten, you, you do, do hit on sixteen. Right. You have 16 to hit on with sixteen. The ten, yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, I'm glad that that everybody has uh, chimed in on this week's edition of uh, Vegas Cast. Yeah, take, a, take a drink. All right. Um, further feedback. <clears throat> Uh, this guy, the, the, these are a couple of things that I pulled from the Facebook page because I thought they were fairly detailed and, and stuff that we, we actually didn't note uh, when we were doing the episode. Um, first, from Tom, our friend Thomas Lanise. He says, great show as always. Surprised no one mentioned that the pairing of Celeste and Mara Williams, especially in the action shot on page 13, seems to be a pretty deliberate wink to the classic pairing of Flash and Green Lantern. Ah, oh, yeah. Boy. Um, the, B, the B team. Exactly. Uh, speaking of uh, classic Flash-related things, Mara Williams? Hmm. The text piece says that she was spliced with Allen DNA, but why her specifically? Pet conspiracy theory. She's a 30th century relative of Joan Williams, a.k.a. Mrs. Oh. J. Garrick, the closest thing the Dominators had left to a Flash legacy. To a Flash relative, yeah. Bam, bam, bam. That would be. She could be like a... If nothing uh, else, why choose of, some... Of what? A yeah, sister of Joan or something like that. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't know. I think Williams is a pretty common name. It is a very common name. But, but why that? Why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? Make it that yeah, thing. I'm just saying. Make it. Sorry. Um, I mean, these are people who work in comics. Just saying, they know about comics and stuff. They know about conspiracy yeah. theories. Oh, that too. All right. Uh, from Steve Mohundro. When I talked to Al Gordon years ago at San Diego, uh, he said that he'd created Ivy. I wrote up my notes at the time and added them to the Legion wiki, and he includes a link that I'm not going to read out here. Um, but um, oh, actually, you know what? I could. LegionWiki.com slash wiki slash index dot PHP question mark title equals Ivy. Um, That's complicated. Yeah, yeah. right? <clears throat> um, and uh, he quotes uh, from Al, Many plans for Ivy were never fleshed out. She was indeed planned to be a plant elemental, much like Swamp Thing. However, uh, she wasn't supposed to be a direct descendant. Instead, the idea was that every time a plant elemental dies, another gets the powers by accident. As ah. Alec Holland got the Swamp Thing powers. Uh, he went through some other stuff too, but you know. Yeah. Um, this time, a little girl named Ivy got the powers. Uh, he also planned, on, and uh, uh, Steve adds that he also planned on bringing Ivy along with Celeste and Kent into a Wildstar follow-up. So, oh. and I know that we had sort of inklings of that. Yeah, he uh, he brought Gemini over. Um, yes. Yeah. Did uh, Jim? Do you remember anything about um, Wildstar or or in the dragon? About Ivy or Kent Shakespeare? No, they they never made it. No. Okay, it was it, it was it was just uh, Gemini uh, slash uh, what's her name? Arya. Arya. Um, yeah, unfortunately, the series didn't go long enough to get yeah. that far, and they never appeared in the Savage Dragon appearances. It was just it was just uh, those two in a another character who was from Wildstar. There we go. And so that is our feedback. And, you know, when you really take a look at it, uh, we uh, we can go back and look at the uh, whole pairing of uh, Flash and Green Lantern uh, in comparison to uh, Mara Williams and, uh, and Celeste Rockfish. And we can say, hey, it's like history is repeating itself. And while we are speaking of history, Michael. It's all just a case of history repeating. Thank you. Um, Michael, what happened this week in Legion history? Well, you got to go all the way back to 1961, 60 oh years ago. Uh, Adventure Comics 290. Uh, an imposter Sunboy travels back to the 20th century to trick Superboy into helping him assemble a super robot that was sent back in time from the 30th century uh, to hide it from 30th century evildoers. Superboy realizes this Sunboy is a fake because he didn't give the secret Legion handshake <laughs> that, we, that we never saw before or since. Yes, yes. And that was all the way back in the single digits uh, of episode number six. You know, I mean, really, what was the uh, what was the real telltale sign on Sunboy? It's like he didn't hit on my mom. Yeah, that's true. What's with that? Uh, well, his mom was too old by that point. Eh, well, you know, was she though? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, he was. She was. 
She was old Mrs. Kent, not young Mrs. Yes, Kent. Yes, that's true. That's true. Uh, if only he'd waited a little while. <laughs> yes. Uh, 55 years ago, 1966, Adventure Comics 350, Superboy and Supergirl are honorably discharged from the Legion because a kryptonite cloud is surrounding Earth. Surprise and Mysterious attempt to take their place in the Legion. Meanwhile, the Legion has to fight Evilo and his devil's half dozen. And uh, what I also didn't realize is this was the first appearance of R.J. Brand. Wow. 50 issues into the adventure run, we hadn't seen Brand yet. Nice. Uh, and that was that was back in episode 54. Wow. 35 years ago, 1986, Fury of Firestorm number 55, Cosmic Boy and Firestorm tackle Brimstone um, in a extended version of what we saw in Legends number two, uh, and that's the crossover that leads into Cosmic Boy issue number two. Mm. Uh, we're not going to cover that issue individually. Uh, 30 years ago, uh, 1991, uh, Legion volume four annual spotlight on the revised Legend of Valor. That was episode 594. 25 years ago, uh, Green Lantern, number 81. Uh, the Legionnaires who were stuck in the 20th century appear at the funeral of Hal Jordan, who, as Parallax, died at the end of Final Night. Spoiler alert, he got better. Ah, take a drink! Uh, nice. Also, 1996, Showcase 96, number 11. Uh, for some reason, there were several Legion stories in this series. In this one, Brainiac 5 wander wanders away from the Legion while in the 21st century in a bid to find technology that would help them return home. While into a lab, he finds his ancestor Brainiac 1 in a coma who he unwittingly wakes up. Vrildox is called in to help contain the situation as Brainiac 1 takes Brainiac 5 back to Kolu. So... Uh, we will get to this in early 2024-ish, but uh, I suspect that the uh, L-E-G-I-O-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T might get to it before we do. It's, it's possible-ish. Ish. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, 20 years ago, 2001, Legion Worlds number six, Gangsters Chase Apparition uh, on Rimbor, but Timberwolf kicks their butts. Uh, this is the first appearance of the reboot version of Timberwolf and also the first appearance of Joe and Tinya's child cub. Meanwhile, the Legionnaires who were lost return and we'll get to this mid 2027 ish. Yeah. Well, like you do. Yeah. Yes. Wait, Only Legion, six years from now. The Legion gets yeah. lost. Oh, yeah. Several times. Oh, they need it's a, a map. This, this, no, this, is the, this is the first time they got lost, not the uh, New 52 lost. It's the better, yeah, but it's could, the better they time they got lost. Still, yeah. still buy an iPhone and find out where the fuck they are. I'm sorry. <laughs> iPhones didn't exist in the early 90s. They did in the last series. Uh, and they did in the 30th century. Well, maybe. Maybe, sort of, kind of, maybe. Uh, let's see. 15 years ago, 2006. 
Justice League of America, Volume 2, Number 2. This is part of a larger story about Red Tornado, but there's something familiar about this villain called Trident. Uh, we will not cover this issue, but it was part of the lead-in to the Lightning Saga, which was covered uh, way back in the early days of this podcast. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Goodness. Yep. Also in 2006, Supergirl and the Legion, number 22. Supergirl and Karate Kid play matchmaker for Shadow Lass and Ultra Boy. Meanwhile, Sunboy and his group investigate the case of a colony completely and suddenly depopulated. They're captured by the Dominators, and they find themselves on a Dominator ship, which then blows up. Spoiler alert, they get better. Yay, Tudor. Mm -hmm. Uh, and this will probably be like late 2028, early 2029-ish. Oh, let the kids deal with that. Yeah. Uh, finally, uh, also 15 years ago this weekend, uh, the Legion animated series episode number two called, ironically enough, Timberwolf. What? And I, uh, I'm reading this synopsis verbatim from Matthew's uh, Legion Abstract from uh, September 30th, 2006, uh, because it was easier than me writing it up on myself. Yeah. The Legion is called to rescue a Dr. Londo who's having trouble with a monster near his research station. Apparently, the monster has caused a lot of trouble and even caused the loss of his son. He wants the Legion to catch this monster so he can continue his research safely. While Saturn Girl, Lightning Lad, and Superboy make the monster's acquaintance, Brainiac 5 and Bouncing Boy discover that Londo's experiments may not be so cool. Saturn Girl manages to restore some of the monster's humanity, and it turns out to be, of course, Londo's son, Bryn, the subject of some of these experiments. Londo demands the Legion turn Bryn over to him, and there's a lot of fighting. The Legion finishes off Londo's robots and experimented on creatures and leave with Bryn, who joins the Legion as Timberwolf. And we will get to this eventually. <laughs> not, e not even a decade I can give you when we'll get no. to it. But, you know, maybe in the 2020s, maybe in the 2030s. But uh, that is it for this week in Legion history. Well, that, that, folks, is awesome. Thank you, Michael, for that. Guys, if you want to share with us your thoughts on uh, Jim's card playing tips or on uh, <laughs> what has happened this week in uh, Legion history, you can uh, send that kind of information to us at legionsubstitutepodcasters.gmail.com. Uh, you can also discuss it on our Facebook page. And as you see, sometimes I pull stuff from that uh, to uh, to read here. And that can be found at facebook.legionsubstitutepodcasters.com. We are on the Twitter. We are LOSP Podcast. And in addition to all those things, you can head over to our website, legionsubstitutepodcasters.com, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we make our way back into the time bubble where we are going to try and get a little bit hairier to keep our, our shirts up and uh, we'll see how it all goes and we will see you all next week. Teen Wolf! Teen Wolf!